the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit one God. Can we open together please Luke chapter 5. It is the gospel of tomorrow. For the latest is tomorrow. Luke chapter 5. The gospel tomorrow from verse 17 till verse 26. It is a miracle of healing the paralytic man. I will show you only the last verse. The last verse reads in different translations. After the Lord healed him and he told him, Your sins are forgiven. Verse 26 says, Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. We were filled with awe and said, We have seen wonders today. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. We were filled with awe and said, We have seen wonders today. I break it at the beginning of our last talk. And we can say the same words. We are filled with awe. And we say the same words. We have seen wonders in my life. Not to see a paralytic man moving once more. It's a personal revelation. A personal transformation in the life of every one of us. To summarize what we said in the morning and in the afternoon. In the morning we saw that we have a great ownership. The Holy Spirit is going to take what is mine, the Lord said, and declare it to you. And what is His is His life. And we saw the transformation in the life of the apostles, till we saw the great example of St. Stephen, how he received this great transformation. He received the whole life of Christ. In the afternoon we spoke about the great privilege we had, and our great commitment as well to enjoy of both of them. Our last talk tonight is Life Let Spirit. This is the title of the whole weekend. How? How I can get what I have heard about it this morning and this afternoon. Can you share with me first what is your yani, what is your opinion? How we can get this life or this great privilege and how to commit ourselves in them? Hmm. Very good option. <laughs> so we need a monastery. And another. <laughs> okay. I just summarized a few points. It's not all. It's not the only points that we can share together to have such life. You can add as much as you can and you can extend any one of them. So I will share with you a few points that I got to share it with you. But everyone, it needs a personal act and divine act. We said every single stage in my salvation is a divine human act. The divine act is ready and sometimes it's already done. Now it is time to cooperate to receive the personal gifts through the human act, the, the personal participation in this act. First of all, this is all the talks of this morning, to realize. In 1 Corinthians 1 to 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So the first thing is our realization. I think even if you missed the first talk or slipped part of the second talk, it will be online tomorrow or after tomorrow. I have to realize what the Lord has done for me. 
but the Holy Spirit is ready to do it for me. He has done it in time and he wants to do something very personal in the life of every one of us. Again, what we realize today, we can extend it for hours and for days and for weeks and even for life. To know exactly what the Lord wants to give me. Can you open your Bibles please in Romans 8, 29. St. Paul here is telling us it is not a matter only of giving you the whole life of Christ. He is not accepting any part of your life not to be compatible with the life of Christ. 8.29 We are very familiar with 8.28. Most of us quote this verse many times and some of us even memorize it. We read from 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. How come? I failed an exam, or I had such big problem, and you are telling me it, is, it works for good. Why God allowing it to go to, for me to go through it? Verse 29, For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son. To be conformed to the likeness of His Son. As if he is saying some of the tribulations we pass through it, the Lord is telling you or me, here is a part in your life not conforming to the image and likeness of my son. Please get it right. Please receive it from me. I'm not accepting you, otherwise you are in the fullness of the likeness of my son. So when we see even temptation or tribulations in this way, it will be something totally different. When we say we need to realize that He wants fullness of the life and the likeness of Christ to be yours and mine. So when we say we have to realize it, it's not limited to what we have said today. What we have said today is too great and too big and too good, but still more. He doesn't accept any part in your life or in my life to be not compatible 100% to the image and likeness of His Son. So first of all, we need to realize, to know what is our calling. St. Paul says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, all of us are called to a heavenly calling. What sort of heavenly calling to have the full life of Christ again? And again, St. Cyril of Jerusalem, who was teaching the new believers. The first quote, we said it in the morning, it was again for new believers who are just accepting faith even before being baptized. He was saying this. The oil of gladness with which Christ was anointed was a spiritual oil. It was, in fact, the Holy Spirit himself, who is called the oil of gladness because he is the source of spiritual joy. And then we too, because we are participating in this life, we too have been anointed with oil in day one we were baptized. And by this anointing, we have entered into fellowship with Christ and have received a share in His life. So our baptism, our chrismation, is not rituals in the church. We received, we entered into fellowship with Christ and have received a share in His life. Then he adds at the very end, and this oil, it becomes the instrument through which we receive the Holy Spirit. We need to realize what we received. 
we need to realize what he's going to give us on a daily basis not only what we got on day one we were baptized but what we receive every day this teaching of those who are called to be Christian the catechumens they are not baptized yet sometimes it looks strange and new for us we should be instructed with such things before our baptism if you are adults of course for children the parents has to teach them this is what you received and what you need to enjoy in your daily life it becomes an instrument through which we receive the Holy Spirit to so what after realization I realized that I am invited for such life because one of the biggest problems we face as a church goers as well and once I know the the, the information I feel it's enough I know now what God wants to give me but you get nothing yet as we shared in one of the groups yesterday if you know the best five diets in the world and you are still fat or overweight it means the knowledge is not able to save you your realization is still in your mind not in action sometimes you are in this position in the church because we know and we hear a lot and we see people outside doesn't know what we know so we feel we are better than them knowledge itself is a starting point to change but it's, if it's an end it's a disaster so what else what's next next thing is to ask after you realize after you know what God wants to give you you have to ask without asking you will get nothing it was in fact the gospel of last week last Sunday Luke chapter 11 and the Lord was giving many examples and at the very end of the story he said if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him I need the Holy Spirit as a person to dwell in me to make me a temple and also to convey to declare the whole life of Christ to me so without asking you will get nothing just few verses before this verse ask knock and seek without asking seeking and knocking you will get nothing at the end that's why when we say at the end of the meeting or end of any session we pray we are knocking seeking asking to receive and he is here making a very yani, big comparison if we as evil people can give our children good gifts how much more and how much more it's how much far beyond your imagination the heavenly father is ready to give the holy spirit to those who ask him isn't shameful to say that he is not going to give it to me if your earthly father is giving you and he, there is no comparison between my earthly father and my heavenly father how much more your heavenly father gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him so when we are seeking to ask, to ask him or we are learning to ask him in a song, in a prayer, in your room, in the church, in the liturgy believes that he is able to give and he wants to give we can go out of his presence saying I tried many times and he gave me nothing it's a lie because when he said I will give, he will give and he, how much more, it's not even normal giving it's how much more so first realize and secondly ask ask with all your heart ask without ceasing 
ask without looking to the past failures, the past trials that didn't do anything at all, because he is saying how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Okay? And this is what you, we, we sang in the morning, and this is again the words of St. Augustine. You'll find many of the words of St. Augustine as a sort of a prayer. While he is writing, he is asking God for himself, for his congregation, for the whole church, Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy. So those saints, as we said in the morning, they walked the way. When we, the Bible is telling us, ask, they asked and they received. And He is the same God yesterday, today and forever. And we are His beloved children. And He said, I, how much more I am going to give you. St. Augustine did it for himself after a same, long, sinful life. So there is no excuse for any one of us. Breathe in me, act in me, work, work in me, draw in my heart, strengthen me, defend all that is holy, and guard me as well. We can pray it, we can sing it, we can share it. We need to ask. After we realize what we, we are offered, we need to ask to receive. Thirdly, follow in everything. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. Let no one despise your use, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. St. Paul wrote this epistle to Timothy, who became a bishop according to some traditions at a very early age. He was nearly 18 years old. Why and how? He was filled in the Spirit. He was a good example for believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. When we say we need to be led by the Spirit, we have to realize what is going to happen in my life, to ask for it, and then to follow. We said in the morning, one of the, the first commandments is to obey. Here to follow, it means again to obey. Because now I heard, I realized, and I'm asking, and I'm getting in the same time, but if I'm not following, and if I'm not obeying, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to have deaf ears, I'm not able to hear. Why? Because he told me many things I didn't react properly. If you imagine someone calling you every day or texting you every day and you are not responding for weeks or months, at one point he will stop texting you or calling you. Why? Because you are not listening. The same thing. But in fact the Holy Spirit doesn't stop talking, but our ears become deaf. He is still talking, but I can't hear anymore. So when we say follow in everything, to have a life-led spirit, it means I am always listening, I am always obeying, otherwise I will miss 
the hearing. He is still talking, and his, the truth is still there. When St. Paul said in Romans 1, some of those people who rejected to listen to the Lord, and they choose their own ways. Can you open Romans 1, please? One twenty-one, Romans one twenty-one. It's their choice. For those they knew God, we knew God. We realized what He is going to offer us, but we feel that I have my own agenda. I have to compromise at one point for fusing. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor give thanks to him but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened this is the end result when we insist I'm going my way leave it for now I'm not so religious like you it's enough to go to church on a Sunday if I am free if I don't have studies or I don't have work or if someone will give me a lift but I'm not going to travel or to drive on a Sunday because I work the whole day or I went to the uni the whole week so I don't feel I am committed more to do something on a weekend or a Saturday or a Sunday but when he is telling his disciples St. Timothy let no one despise your use but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit and in faith and in purity as well so again to have a life-led spirit, obey. Realize, ask, and obey. The first thing is, you can say easily, but I failed many times. I realized, I attended many conferences, I attended many Bible studies, and I went north and south and everywhere, but I find myself in the same place after a year or two. And here's the words of the book of Proverbs. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. He was called righteous man not because he is falling seven times a day, but because he rises again. So never give up. A lifeless spirit, it's a life that I will never give up. It doesn't matter how many times the devil is counting against me, how many trials you have done in any aspects, because I will rise again. Micah, encouraging us the same thing Micah says do not rejoice over me my enemy because the enemy wants to see us falling and not able to rise once more when I fall I will arise and when I sit in darkness the Lord will be a light to me there is no way to give up St. Paul told us even in Hebrews you did not resist sin to the blood and in the book of Revelation we have to resist to which point? to the point of death what does it mean? there is no way to give up we know how gracious how great the ownership of the life of Christ through the Holy Spirit we knew the beauty and the wonderful life that the Holy Spirit is giving me when he is leading me so I am persisting by all means and I would like to remind you again with something we said in the past. When I sin, 
it doesn't mean that I missed the way. When I sin, means I missed the joy of my salvation. That's why David said in Psalm 50 after his sin, and he kept his sin for 10 months, or maybe some commentator said for a year, and then he repented, he didn't say, restore to me my salvation. He said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Why? Because I am persisting in this way, I will never give up. But wake up. Wake up because we are sleeping. We feel that life, or the spiritual life, is something easy. If I am free, I will do it. It is not like this. If you think how many hours you spent on <coughs> watching TV, I'm not telling you about anything else, and how many minutes you spent with the Lord, and if you spent three hours watching TV a day, it means one-eighth of your life between TV and maybe computer. One-eighth of your life and you are not sparing few minutes every day to have your quiet time or to pray or to do anything spiritual. And you say we are the sons and daughters of God and want to inherit eternal life. How? The aim of our weekend is to awake each other and to know that we need such life, life led by the Spirit. And to know what is offered to us and we are ignoring it. It's time to live the fullness of our calling. So persist, it means I'm not going to give up whatever sin. Because again, we remind ourselves when we repent, all the past has been gone. So if I will sin the same sin tomorrow, it is the first one in my life. I'm not repeating, I'm not counting or accumulating above the 500 in the past or 200 or whatever it is. Fifth one, wait for Christ in unity with the Spirit. If you want to keep this life-led Spirit, we spoke about the unity as a commitment. Now, the unity as a must. Revelation 22.17 says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him who hears my here say come and let him who thrust come whoever desires, desires let him take the water of life freely we are waiting but we are waiting together not alone that's why if you remember we spoke about this in the past in the story of king the revival in the story of king Hezekiah you know God gave an option to Israelites either to celebrate the Passover in the first month the 14th day of the first month or if we are not ready and I will tell you what does it mean we can make it in the second month one of the reasons to delay it that not all Israel in Jerusalem if we make it now with the concept of the New Testament if you are not all in the church for the liturgy, which is the real Passover, we are not going to make it. We can postpone it for next week or, or next day. This is the meaning in the Old Testament. How much more in the New Testament, God wants the unity of the whole body once more to celebrate the real Passover. And it was giving an excuse for them to postpone it for a month if we are not able, all of us, to come. Second reason, if the priests were not holy enough to the feast. In the New Testament, we saw the general meaning of the priesthood, all of us priests in a way or another. 
and of course we have a different meaning of priesthood which is a private or particular priesthood in the church which is the officiator of the sacraments but are you accepting to be in the church unholy unfit not repenting and the Lord is saying let us postpone the liturgy today because one of my congregation are not holy we are not able to celebrate my Passover if we saw it in such sincerity it will be a life led by the Spirit if it doesn't matter I'm not going to add something to the liturgy or you will not miss me there no the church will miss you and the body of Christ is missing you and you are so important member of this body again it's not a matter of conviction or matter of saying that you have to come otherwise there's a big mess it is a reality the Passover was postponed for one full month because the priests were not holy enough and the congregation was not in full in the presence of God of this feast how much more we have now the real Passover every liturgy is a real Passover it's not a burden over anyone but at least when you are free when you are not committed to something that you cannot get out of it you have to be in the church there's no other place and there's no other way to say that I'm a living body living member of the body I'm living in unity waiting the bride but I'm not part of the body of the bride it doesn't work and the spirit and the bride say come this is the unity of the one body of Christ the sixth thing to have life with spirit is enjoy the fruit not the fruits as we said in the morning the fruit of the spirit is and not are love joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control when we say I need to have a life-led spirit you can't pick what you like it's all or none and by the way those who choose Christ who are living in the Holy Spirit who are living and receiving every day a flow of the life of Christ through a holy life through the Holy Spirit again you will find it like a necklace you can't have a necklace missing wandering it will be just uh, some rings not a, a proper necklace and once you are touched by this Holy Spirit you will find the whole bunch the whole fruit is yours is in your life so a lifeless spirit is a life of enjoying the fruit of the spirit you can pick up and you can pick people for some fruits the love is for only for X and Y others hatred is enough for them no the same thing for kindness for peace for long suffering that's why we ask ourselves do I have peace with everyone in the world in the church when we see bad news from whoever he is from one of the enemies of the church in any country in the world do we have peace towards them do we pray for them I think some of you shared an email a few weeks ago adopt a terrorist have you got this email yes what does it mean I'm going to adopt a dolphin or, <laughs> or a child in Africa I'm adopting a terrorist to pray for him because he is in need, he is in captivity uh, he needs someone to intercede or some people to intercede for him to set him free 
this means the fruit of the Spirit is in my life. That I'm not looking to people now with different races or different religions or different backgrounds. I'm looking to everyone as the one who receives the life of Christ. How Christ is looking to those tourists is still interceding with his blood for the salvation if they will accept it. Still, John 3.16 applicable for them. For God so loved Mr. X and Y and Z who are at the top 10 list of tourists. And still they are called to be moved, to be changed, transformed through the intercession of the church, whoever you are in the church. Sometimes I feel, do you think if I'm praying to such and such tourists will make any difference? I assure you it will make, first of all, in your life, not in his life. And then it works also in his life. When God sees the love, there is sincere love in our hearts, the sincere fruit of his Holy Spirit, he is going to change us and to change him and to change the face of the whole world. And we heard about many tourists who came to know the Lord. We don't know how, but definitely some believers adopted them in their prayers in a way or another. For how long? We don't know. For how many times he prayed for them? We don't know. But we know that something has been done in heaven and seen on earth in due time. So enjoy the fruit of the Spirit, which is the nine mentioned in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It's a very nice word by Saint John of Constantine. He is a Russian saint. When you say a prayer to a tourist, to your friend, to your enemy, to anyone, he, the Holy Spirit, is in, very, in every word of it. And like a holy fire penetrates each word, both directions, in you and in heaven. St. Paul says in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit is interceding with groanings. Even if just you are groaning in your prayer and you can't find words to translate your feeling, the Holy Spirit knows how to translate it and to put it up into heaven and to bring back to you your consolation, your peace, your joy, your love. When you say a prayer, the Holy Spirit is in every word of it and like a holy fire penetrates each word in both directions, up and down. So again, first realize, then ask, then follow and obey everything, persist, Wait for Christ in unity with the whole church in the spirit and enjoy the fruits. Another two, and then we'll finish, which is very important related to what Nabil said last night. Sensitive to convictions. I think we discussed something in one of the groups here. I would like to have each hour to weigh and to examine what I have done, which is very good. But we need this weighing and examining to be instantaneous, immediately. Exactly like David did. First Samuel, chapter 24, verse 4 to 6. He had a great opportunity to kill his enemy, King Saul, who tried to kill him many times. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now 
immediately. Now it happened after that, after afterward, that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's rope. This is sensitivity to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. This is a sign to say that I am led by the Holy Spirit. And he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is anointed of the Lord. By the way, at that time he was not. The Holy Spirit departs from him, his kinghood was rejected, but still in the eyes of David he is anointed. He was anointed at one point. And the Lord might accept him or forgive him or whatever happened. It's not my business. He is anointed. He is the official king of Israel. Now it happened afterwards that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's rope. We can speak, we can laugh, we can do things even while we are still here. But is my heart so alert? To distinguish between what is right and what is wrong, troubled immediately when I do something like this, or it doesn't matter, and I can take it very further as Simpson did in our talk last night, and end up that he lost everything. The sensitive heart to convictions, it says, I am led by the Spirit. And again, it relates to obedience. When I obey more, I will be sensitive more to hear quickly and to respond quickly as well. Every single major problem in the Old Testament or the New Testament or in my life and your life, we heard the voice, we heard the conviction, and we stopped it for a while. We postponed it for a few days or a few weeks and end up with a disaster to any one of us. So please be sensitive to the conviction of the Holy Spirit to have a life-led spirit and to be in communion, in fellowship. Remember, at the end of each liturgy, each meeting, we say, God the love the Father, the grace of His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, the communion and the gift and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. What does it mean? You have a fellowship with God Himself. He is ready to tell you word by word, right and wrong, to convict you, to lead you to repentance immediately. Finally, transformation. A lifeless spirit, it means, if you open Second Corinthians 3.18, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit, the transformation is endless. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed. We spoke about this word before mentioned in the New Testament only four times. Two of them to, to explain the transfiguration of our Lord on the Mount Tapur. How He was transformed. He was seen in a glorious image. And other two times, this one 
and Romans 12 too, to say what to say one thing. Transformation it means to be a Christ-like. Transformation it means that you receive the fullness of the Christ-like, the Christ life, and now it is shining, radiating to others. It's non-stop, ready for transformation all the day long, all the life. How? Which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of transformation. And it's endless to the fullness and to conform to the image and likeness of His Son. Okay? One last quote. Saint Seraphim, again he is a Russian saint, Saint Seraphim of Saruf. God is a fire that warms and kindles the heart and inward parts. God the Holy Spirit comes to change our life in this way to warm and kindle the heart and inward parts. And so if we feel in our hearts coldness, which, if, which is from the devil, for the devil is cold, then let us call upon the Lord and he will come and warm our hearts with perfect love, not only for him, but for our neighbors as well. And from the presence of the warmth and the coldness of the hater of good, will be driven away. The devil has no place in a hot heart, in a heart put into fire. But if it's cold, the devil is cold, as he sense of him said. He is there doing whatever he wants and creeping in your heart and in your mind and destroying everything. Life with spirit is not a choice. Of course, it's your choice, but it's either you are alive or dead. Either you are having the full life of Christ conveyed every minute in your life through repentance, confession, the Eucharist, and through the work of the Holy Spirit in all the sacraments and in your life to give you what is mine, as Jesus said. I pray that at the very end, that every one of us knew what is the great ownership of the gift of having the life of Christ. I know what is my privileges, what is my commitment, and the way. Realize, realize, ask, follow with full obedience, persist, wait for Christ in unity with the Spirit, enjoy the fruit, be sensitive to the conviction, and finally, ready for the transformation. May the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now 